Coming live from the VIP, heard the nightlife, lost life without me. Most feds in the state wanna see my knee. The whole city got pissed, heard he got three. That other rapper got a hit, but shouted, he not me. Who set the city on fire as soon as he got free? The king back now, Rawls don't even know how to act now. Hit the club, strippers getting naked before I sat down. Still ballin', money stacked tall in the shack now. Still push a button and let the roof on the lag down. I'm on the road doing It is now week. 13 DFS MVP. Is that correct, TJ? Week 13? Yeah, man. Thanksgiving oh. week. Uh, it's we're, we're on the home stretch now. Well, at least for the regular season. We still have two months. Yeah, thank God. I mean, I've, I can't wait to tear it up during the uh, playoffs. But, but hey, DFS MVP, week 13. Here we go. Before we get started, it sounded like a little TI coming in. Is that true? TI from his uh, classic 2004 album urban legend that song that brought us in was bring them out uh, also one of the all-time classics if you like that intro as, as well as all of our other intros you can find them on our spotify playlist dfs mvp spotify playlist just search dfs mvp or check out my twitter at tj hernandez i'm always tweeting out the links to uh the podcast as well as that playlist before we get into everything this week if you're a sports better you want to be a winning nfl better check out weekly selections from nfl sharp james salinas the most successful super contest winner of all time visit sharpanglesports.com and start winning today all right, very good stuff. So let's get into this. He's TJ Hernandez, director of DFS for 444.com. My name is Holden Kushner. I'm just a happy guy. So let's do it. Uh, week 13 plays. We're not going to do a game theory this week. I think last year we talked about Thanksgiving food, and uh, let's <laughs> yeah. just not do it. Let's just move on. We can always talk about you know things that you do Thanksgiving night with other people, but you know, that's about it. So week 13, no theory. We also have our Black Friday cyber monday sale the dfs sub is only 24 dollars. we got two months left it's only 24 bucks no coupon needed no coupon code so it starts friday if you're listening to this on friday it starts today uh after friday it already started rate and review leave a five-star review what happens tj uh we're taking a little uh a break from from the swag for now but uh we'll get back to theory we'll get back to swag next week uh, but for now, if you're in the holiday spirit and you like what we're doing, uh, leave us a five-star review uh, on iTunes. It's always much appreciated. Well, I got a Drew Bledsoe, like 2,000 uh, football card. So if you can't get the swag, just hit me up. <laughs> no one wanted my Smurf, but if you want a Drew Bledsoe card, I'll actually uh, give that to you. All right, here's what we're doing here. We're starting at quarterback. Let's get into it. How do you not play Lamar Jackson anymore? This is... This is Patrick Mahomes from last year, except I think a little bit better. Like Lamar Jackson, I can't wait till next year, though. I don't know if you said this or not, but it's like, all right, last year, Patrick Mahomes, no one could stop him. And this year he's regressed and he's gotten hurt. Next year, Lamar Jackson's going to regress because you don't see this. This just doesn't happen very often. Sure. I mean, uh, like he's still going to be somebody. It's going to be interesting to see, like, this isn't DFS talk, but just like redraft talk. Uh, I think he is pro- even more so than Mahomes just because of, of how different uh, Jackson's been getting it done specifically on the ground compared to just like a ridiculous unsustainable touchdown rate like we saw from Mahomes last year. I think he'll really challenge like how many people will really uh, stick to the late round quarterback no matter what theory. Um, I think that's going to be the most interesting thing that we see, at least in redraft next year. All right, so let's do this. Uh, it doesn't take too much explaining. Although, if you're having any question about Jackson this week, maybe it's because 
they're going against the San mm-hmm. Francisco 49ers, right? But every test that this guy has had against defenses, look what he did to the Patriots. Like, I know the San Francisco 49ers have a good defense, but this is Lamar Jackson we're talking about, and he's just been unstoppable. Yeah, uh, I wanted to bring him up. Uh, we've we've brought him up uh, almost every week that he's been on the main slate on this podcast, and for good reason. Uh, but those reasons have kind of sound like a broken record. It's, it's kind of hard to reiterate how many times uh, he's good and, and great and really just the best play um, outside of Christian McCaffrey, maybe even more so because of salary week in and week out. But I, I thought it was worth talking about him specifically this week for a couple reasons. Uh, one, because he does face that tough San Francisco defense. And two, because he and Mahomes are, are priced very similarly. And Mahomes has a great matchup against the Raiders. And I do think a lot of people are kind of going to be pulling their hair out, trying to figure out where to go with that one. Uh, as you said, Mahomes has, has regressed a little bit. Uh, still great, still a, uh, amazing mm-hmm. fantasy option, especially against a bad Raiders secondary. Uh, but just not putting up those huge games like we saw last year and like we've seen from Lamar. And and I'm, I, I think you still go after Lamar's floor and ceiling with confidence this week. Uh, $8,700 FanDuel, $7,000 DraftKings against San Francisco. Uh, Vegas is telling us that they're not too worried about the defensive matchup. They have the Ravens favored by six points. They're projected for 26.5 points. This is only the second time all season that a team's been projected for over 26 against San Francisco. It's the first time since week six. Uh, now, the... The thing that obviously people are worried about is the matchup. San Francisco's second uh, in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks, but they've only faced three mobile quarterbacks this this year. None of them obviously as efficient on the ground as Lamar Jackson, but they've faced Kyler Murray twice, Russell Wilson once. Those are the only three quarterbacks they faced that are averaging at least 20 rush yards per game. Those are also the only three games where they've allowed uh, over 20 points. They've allowed at least 25 points in each of those games for an average of 26 points per game against all Every other team, uh, the eight quarterbacks averaging less than 20 rush yards per game, uh, 10.6 points per game on average. And I think that makes a lot of sense. The Raiders, the uh, 49ers are very good at getting after the passer. And if you got a quarterback that can break contain, that could extend plays, it's going to be easier to play against uh, even the best defenses. And we saw it from Lamar Jackson a few weeks ago. New England, who is number one in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, one of the best pass rushes in the league Lamar posted 28.6 fantasy points against them uh so that's interesting because by far and away the Niners are the best defense against the pass this year Mm -hmm. I mean it's not even close but you know on the other side of that game too the Ravens are number two they've been great since Jimmy Smith came back so it'll be interesting to see the ownership from this game that's to me is the most fascinating thing like how highly owned is Jackson going to be? Is this a week to save a quarterback? Maybe go down to Darnold. Do you, and you brought it up perfectly. It's like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. What are we doing this week? So we'll see what happens there. Jameis Winston is your other play. And let me get back to the salary just real quick. Lamar Jackson, 8,700 Fanduel, 7,000 on DK. Uh, Jameis Winston, 7,600 Fanduel, 6,300 DraftKings. So he is much more affordable there. And Jameis is coming off a good game. I'm just, it's like, which Jameis are you going to get? It's almost cliche at this point. Good Jameis, bad Jameis. Good Jameis, bad Jameis. We know he's going to throw, right? But yeah, but uh, I mean, it's, it's, and this is why it's important to, to separate um, the, the fantasy aspect from the player. 
um, because you can get bad Jameis and still have a good fantasy game. Last week he came out, had those two interceptions pretty quick. I believe they were both in the first half, still ended up with 303 and 24 fantasy points. So if you watch that game and see Jameis making these throws early in the game, it looks like a disaster, still comes out uh, as one of the highest scoring quarterbacks uh, of the week. So he's he's going to be affordable compared to Jackson and Mahomes. And I, my, I think the optimal... Uh, lineup building strategy this week, at least in cash games, is to pay up for uh, the two highest floor guys of the week. We'll get to the other one shortly. Most people probably can guess who it is. But if you are going to pay all the way up, uh, you you have to at least consider saving somewhere. Um, and that could be at quarterback just because, I mean, like we've said so many times on this podcast, scoring at the position is very flat. And if Lamar doesn't get you that 32, 33 point game, then paying down makes sense because you're, you're not really losing much with a Jameis Winston who um, leads the league in 300 yard games. He has eight of them, including six in a row is in a game that could uh, looks like it, it could potentially shoot out both Defenses rank outside the top 20 in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Jacksonville's ranked 22nd. Uh, this game has a 49 point over under with a spread of just one in favor of Jacksonville. But again, uh, just just that one uh, point spread is is I mean it's basically a pick 'em. And Tampa Bay seventh highest neutral passing rate over the last six weeks. So you, you don't always want to chase volume with quarterbacks. That could be dangerous because we're really looking for efficiency. Uh, but Winston's pretty much shown that despite how bad he is, he's going to give you a really high floor with those 300 yard games. And if you get a couple touchdowns out of him, um, he's, he's as good of a fantasy quarterback as any at this point. So I'm, I'm looking to pay up for Lamar. Um, but if you are going to pay for some of these higher priced, uh, running backs or, or even receivers this week, then you have to save somewhere. And Jameis isn't a bad option. All right. So let's get into running back here and, now we're has anybody been eleven thousand on FanDuel before? I, I think so. I, I don't have the history in front of me, but I, I, I wanna say um in the the DJ Le'Veon Prime we got pretty Oof. close. So Christian McCaffrey has now been bumped up five K on FanDuel. He is eleven thousand going up against Washington. He's ten five still on DraftKings. It's like last week people are concerned about playing him. He's got a yep. tough matchup. It doesn't matter. This to me is the modern modern day, like Ladanian Tomlinson is so this is our Ladanian Tomlinson. <laughs> this sure. is the new Ladanian Tomlinson. It doesn't stop. Very few guys have the nose for the end zone that these type of guys have. Priest Holmes, Ladanian Tomlinson. I think Sean Alexander had it. Le'Veon Bell had it. He ha- he's like a mag there's a magnet in the end zone. This guy has the other half and he just falls into it. It's absolutely amazing what he's doing. And I don't know if any player is worth $11,000, but if there was one, this is the guy. And the nice matchup this week, too. It's like everything matching up. Yep. And the the last couple of weeks, we kind of just briefly mentioned him uh, in this section of the podcast because I, I, I wasn't starting him with conviction uh, just because the way salaries worked out. It felt like you were really losing a lot by by going to him um obviously he he performed uh above expectation per, he keeps doing it every single week uh and if you played him uh you probably had a pretty good week both weeks i wanted to highlight him specifically because i am playing him with conviction this week i, I think the way i'm starting my lineups on both FanDuel and DraftKings is by locking lamar jackson and 
Christian McCaffrey, um, obviously because of their floors, because of what they're going to give you uh, in terms of value and volume and ceiling. Um, but it's just a week where there's there's value at other positions, um, including a, a couple pay down running backs, not any you're going to be super comfortable with. Uh, but I, I think this week, just McCaffrey and Jackson make make the most sense compared to just paying up for some some middling plays. And we have value at wide receiver like you'll see shortly where you you can pretty comfortably um, make this work at the running back positions. We just don't have a lot of our, our top values and like great smash spots where we feel like we we need to uh, play anybody else like there. There's some guys that are, are decent, high volume guys, but not great matchups, not huge favorites. Um, not guys that have been scoring a ton of touchdowns. So in that situation, it makes sense just to pay for the best running back in the league um, and are basically the only really smash spot that we see. Carolina favored by 10 points against a Washington team that's ranked uh, in the bottom three in schedule-adjusted points to running backs. And uh, Christian McCaffrey, I mean, we there's not much to say, but 28 DraftKings points in every game since their Week 7 bye. Only running back over half of his team touch share over the last month. So it's it's really just unmatched with him and Lamar. And, and uh, again, that's where I'm starting in cash this week. So we got him in cash. We've got uh, our next guy is Le'Veon Bell, mm-hmm. who I really like on DraftKings. It seems like no one's paying attention. And he hasn't been good in real life. He's been average in, in real life. And he caught a pass and missed the touchdown by maybe a foot last week. Le'Veon Bell is really turning into a solid RB2 in DFS. He's 7,300 on FanDuel, 7,200 on DraftKings. And they're taking on, the Jets are taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, you talk about a great matchup. McCaffrey has the best matchup. And this guy, maybe Cincinnati isn't the worst against running backs, but they're still a sieve. They're horrible. Yeah, and I think we've we've lost a little bit of, of context of what Le'Veon Bell's really been doing in this offense. One, because Christian McCaffrey is just like blowing the doors off what we, we expect from a volume standpoint. And Le'Veon Bell was that guy a couple years ago. So to see him producing like uh, he is right now seems a little bit underwhelming, but he's still right around that 50% touch share mark, 47% over the last month. Uh, still has over 100 total yards in two of his last four games, over 90 total yards in three of his last four games. And that that's really great consistency from a running back. We've just got kind of spoiled over the last couple of years to look at that and, and kind of scoff at it. But uh, still 20 touches in three of his last four games. Uh, you mentioned on, on DraftKings running back six on FanDuel, he's the running back 10. So you're still, you're getting that volume, that volume, um, which is like top four or five running back volume at a sub top five running back price. And then barely a top 10 running back price on FanDuel. It really comes down to just him finding the end zone. And like you said, just missed one last week actually has one touchdown in, in two of his last three games, but just hasn't had those ceiling games. So uh, kind of seems underwhelming, but, uh, the Jets are favored this week against the Cincinnati team, ranked 20th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points uh, allowed to running backs. And again, this is a this is a Cincinnati defense that we're really targeting uh, our running backs with early in the year because we saw running backs had have huge games against them. They haven't really faced too many workhorse running backs over the second half of the season. So we haven't seen individual running backs put up these gaudy numbers against the Bengals, but five of the last seven backfields as a whole have went over 100 yards against the Bengals. 
the two that didn't, the Rams went over 90 yards, and for for them to go over 90 yards, that's like any other backfield going for 150 yards at this point. And then the other backfield that didn't go over 100 yards uh, was the Ravens, and Lamar went added 65 to that total. So that's kind of uh, there, there's kind of an asterisk on that one. So the Cincinnati defense still really struggling against running backs, at least from allowing uh, yardage. And we know Le'Veon Bell is pretty much going to get all of that work. So we can kind of look at those backfields and extrapolate Le'Veon gets uh, get the gets the totals that these backfields have been getting against Cincinnati as a whole. All right, you didn't bring this guy up. I want to talk to you about him though, mm-hmm. Saquon. I yeah. mean, he's 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 not going to be cheaper. Is he seventy four hundred DraftKings, seventy six hundred FanDuel? But he's not getting it done, man. I mean, under 10 points the last two games. He had a nice game back on October 27th where he finally got over 20 points. I mean, he's hit 20 points um, just one time, on uh, two times on FanDuel. So how are you handling Saquon? Like, are you just going to throw a Saquon lineup out there? Are you even going to touch Saquon? They got, they got the Packers coming up this week. And you know, the Packers are basically, to me, they're, they're a neutral you know, run defense, but they're just not using him. He says he's not going to blame injuries. So what are you doing with Saquon, man? I mean, he's it's they're they're not using him to the level that like we we saw last year, but he's still averaging 21 touches per game um, since there since he came back from injury injury. Now, that's a, a, a little uh, slanted by a, a 27 touch game thrown in there, but still hasn't seen less than 18 touches in any of those games. Uh, so he's still a 20 touch guy. The problem is it's just a very inefficient offense, but you do have, I mean, he's not super cheap, 7,400 uh, Fandle, 7,600, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, 7,600 Fandle, 7,400 DraftKings. So it's still a pricing inefficiency if we compare it to his volume like a 20 20 uh touch guy under eight thousand dollars that's still a value so you can make the argument that he is still cash viable just from the the touch versus price standpoint um but he's clearly doesn't have the floor that like Le'Veon has even though Le'Veon's isn't super high or even Leonard Fournette um who is in a tough matchup this week against the the Buccaneers, but it's kind of similarly priced to those guys. So if you're, I mean, if if you're building lineups, you're probably not taking three mid tier guys. So Saquon just kind of the odd man out if we look at that trio right there. Um, but to ignore twenty touch volume um, at somewhat of a discount, I think is probably doing yourself a disservice if you're playing one hundred fifty lineups against a Packers defense ranked outside the top 20 in schedule adjusted points to the position. Hmm. But uh, if I'm playing like 10 lineups, I mean, you could make a pretty strong case just to fade. You're really just fading the offense. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Let's get to the wide receiver position and we'll start with another player going against Washington. That's DJ Moore, Mm -hmm. 6,800 FanDuel, 6,800 DraftKings. I'll never forget, you know, preseason, Curtis Samuel, offseason, he's turning, it's Curtis Samuel's year. It's Curtis, well, Curtis Samuel's actually gotten some looks in the end zone, but DJ Moore, and this guy's volume is just, it's insane. He's, he, Kyle Allen's just looking for him all the time. And I absolutely love what we're seeing from DJ Moore. Yeah, in his, uh, I mean, his price is slowly creeping up, but we still have 12 or 13 guys at wide receiver at wide receiver priced ahead of him on FanDuel. Um, on DraftKings, he's getting closer to that elite range. He's now priced as the wide receiver six on DraftKings, but um, not 
still not like elite price and he's he's getting elite volume uh, at least nine targets in every game since week five his 38 uh 30.8 target share ranks in the top six over the past month uh he's been hovering right around 30 percent pretty much every game uh over the last five or six weeks for the panthers and washington if we look at their their uh schedule adjusted points against wide receivers they rank pretty high but uh, on an individual level, they, they do struggle. Josh Norman's been one of the worst cornerbacks uh, in the league from an individual matchup standpoint, and they are benching him. So it looks like they're going to move Fabian Moreau from the slot to the outside. Uh, Fabian Moreau's allowing the ninth fantasy points per target allowed. Uh, Norman was allowing the fourth. So if uh, Moore ends up uh, matched up against Moreau, then it's not really much of an upgrade compared to who he would have been matched up with, who is Josh Norman. All right, so there's number one. Number two is a guy that has not been on the radar for a few weeks, uh, but he's back because mm. the redheaded, our redheaded friend Andy Dalton is <laughs> going to make him uh, relevant again. That's Tyler Boyd with the Cincinnati Bengals going up against the Jets. Boyd 6K on FanDuel, very affordable, very affordable on DraftKings, 5.5K. I do wonder how many people are going to shy away from him just because he's just been a, he's been a train wreck without Dalton back there. You know, he had yep. such great numbers and you can look at Alden Tate and say, you know, Alden Tate, he'll get bumped up a little bit, but I'm going to tell you this. I think that uh, points per dollar that Tyler Boyd is going to be a top 10 play in points per dollar this week going up against the jets. Yeah. I like that call a lot. Uh, and I, I, I saw it. I saw a few people in the industry looking at like the, the squeaky wheel narrative because Tyler Boyd uh, against Oakland a couple of weeks ago only got three targets, mm -hmm. uh, then came back last week, got nine targets, 101 and a touchdown. Um, but uh, it wasn't like such a big day that, that everybody uh, automatically took notice of it. It's still, even with those nine targets last week, still in his three games, uh, without Dalton was averaging just 6.7 targets per game before the bye week in the eight games with Dalton was averaging 10.3 targets per game. So that's obviously um, a huge discrepancy. Uh, if we can project him for 10 targets, then that $6,000 salary on Fandle, uh, 5500 on DraftKings uh, is going to be not just one of the better fantasy points per uh, salary play, but one of the best uh, uh, dollar per target plays that we see on the slate. The Jets, 28th if we adjust for strength of schedule against wide receivers. Uh, Tyler Boyd, most of his targets come from the slot where he'll be lined up against Brian Poole, who among the Jets' corners, who as a whole are a bad secondary, allowing the most yards and most fantasy points per target uh, in that secondary. So here's the other side of this. You got two guys that are priced exactly the same on FanDuel, Devontae Parker and Tyler mm -hmm. Boyd. If you got the 200 extra, 5,700 DK for Parker and then – Boyd is down to 5,500, but we've seen the results recently from Devontae Parker. The, you know, the Dolphins are always down. They're always having to throw. He's getting double-digit targets his last three games. Philadelphia's secondary is actually really solid. So talk to us about Devontae Parker, and then is there a tiebreaker between the two? Because you can always play both of them in the same lineup, but is there one that you prefer over the other? Yeah, I think that to kind of go in reverse, I think they're the – um, the build is uh, is to, to play both of these guys or to have at least two uh, really cheap guys along with like a DJ Moore. But uh, if if I'm if I'm picking one, it is Boyd because um, even though the 
the Dolphins should be in a negative game script, and Parker has been seeing that volume. Um, that which that that negative game script should lead to a a pass heavy um, plan for the Dolphins, which is why we've seen Parker get these double digit targets of three straight games. It's still a situation where Philadelphia has, after starting pretty poorly against wide receivers over the last like six or seven weeks they've they've really tightened things up if you look at their their season-long numbers the big games they've allowed um the big plays they've allowed most of those came in the first month of the season and, and they've really shorted up uh over the last six or seven weeks like i said so with tyler boyd with the better matchup uh with with the a, a closer game a game they're not getting blown out um i i do like tyler boyd just because i think he's going to offer more upside with andy dalton back there in this miami team if anytime you have a team that's this bad that is potentially going to be playing from way behind it's just a situation where their offense can um, offer very little upside so definitely boyd over parker but the the parker again he's just similar in that you're getting a uh, a volume versus a price discount um, and it's pretty much undeniable at this point and it hasn't just been because of their their negative game script Parker's just commanding a, a big target share on the team, at least 23% of their targets in five of their six games. So it's uh, it's, it's just something that you, you don't want to be ignoring in DFS because these volume versus price discounts just are f- very few and far between. And in a week, like I said, where I'm prioritizing the most expensive quarterback and the most expensive uh, running back, then you're going to have to make plays like this. Yeah, you and I have two of the same plays at wide receiver i did not put uh Devontae parker on there because i do i do prefer tyler boyd but the position i was working a lot on today was tight end so let's mm-hmm. get into that here and you know you're right you got kelsey at the top you got jack doyle uh as your salary saver and the guys i want to throw in two guys before you do that and they're on the same team i mean miami is so bad just horrible against the tight end position and i think ryan griffin has a nice matchup too uh, with the Jets, but if you wanted to save money, you could either go Doyle or, to me, it'd be Goddard, who's mm-hmm. not. He's only seen four and a half targets a game, but he's. I think his uh, his average depth of target is fourteen yards, which is almost fifteen yards. And then there's Ertz on the other side, who costs a lot more, but um, you know he's just been seeing so much volume here. My goodness! So to me, I'm I'm going back and forth between the two guys you brought up. And in cash, which guy do I want? Do I want to, do I want Doyle? Do I want um, Goddard do, or do I want to pay up and go Ertz or do I want to pay up and go with Travis Kelsey? So let's see your guys, Kelsey at the top, 7,100 FanDuel, 7,200 DraftKings against Oakland. He should be eating Oakland up. Um, and let's just face it. I mean, Mahomes has had a bye week to get his foot better. He's looking toward Kelsey, and this could be a difference maker here at tight end if you were paying up. Yeah, I it's I should preface this by saying it's going to be almost impossible on either side to get to um, to Kelsey, McCaffrey, and Jackson. I think you're probably going. You're you're definitely going to have to um, eat one of those those positions. Uh, just depending on where you're more comfortable fading the stud. So uh, a build with those three is is close to impossible. Um, it's Kelsey is a little more affordable relative to uh, 
everyone else on on FanDuel. You see him bunched there with uh, with Kelsey and Kittle, where he's a lot more expensive than those guys on DraftKings. So seventy one hundred on FanDuel, seventy two hundred on on DraftKings. That's a really high price point for a tight end on DraftKings. But uh, I I mean he's by far the the top projected tight end um, on the slate. And we haven't really talked about the Chiefs yet. Uh, we briefly mentioned them talking about Jackson versus uh, Mahomes, but Kansas City with that huge implied point total uh, as huge favorites, it's it's going to be uncomfortable in cash to have zero exposure to them. Uh, so trying to get Kelsey or Mahomes or even Tyreek there, um, I think is something you're going to want to think about. If you can't pay up for any of those guys and, and you want to get to uh, Jackson and, and McCaffrey, uh, you could make the argument that you just pay down for one of the the secondary or, or just ancillary wide receivers and hope for a big play. But uh, Kelsey is is the top projection here against Oakland, who's 29th in schedule adjusted points allowed to tight ends. Uh, they allow the the second highest touchdown rate through the air. So just looking for exposure to that Kansas City offense is important. Um, I do really like Ertz, especially on FanDuel, where him and Kelsey are priced really close together. I, I do think there is some leverage opportunity there if Ertz finds the end zone and Kelsey doesn't. Uh, even in cash games, that could end up being a really big difference maker because I do think Kelsey will draw the highest ownership by a really, really mm. big margin. Uh, my concern with Goddard this week is that it looks like Alshon's going to come back and uh, Nelson Aguilar. Now Aguilar is going to be playing. It looks like he's going to be like fourth or fifth on the totem pole now, but they're talking about Archega Whiteside getting expanded uh, role. So they could go back to a lot more three wide receiver sets, way less two tight end sets, which obviously will, uh, will hurt Goddard's uh, floor and ceiling. So that's my real big concern with Goddard there. And then um, Doyle is just a, He's just a value play this week. Five thousand dollars Fanduel, thirty-three hundred DraftKings with Eric Ebron to uh, IR and T.Y. Hilton still limited. Uh, Doyle could stand to have a, a really big target share uh, against a Tennessee defense that's really struggled against tight ends. Uh, Doyle and Ebron have combined for eight and a half targets per game this year. That would put them uh, as, as a team like right up top at uh, tight end targets per game. Obviously, the math doesn't always work out that way. Doyle's not just going to automatically absorb all of Ebron's targets. But again, with TY Limited, that could be the case uh, this week. Was there another guy you mentioned or was those all four? No, just stay away from Mo Alley Cox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't do that. You know, don't go chasing Mo Alley Cox. No, I'm... I'm what I'm saying is both your guys I like. Um, I like Ertz a lot if I don't have the extra salary to get up to Kelsey. I do like Goddard, but you made some great points there. I mean, you know, if they got extra receivers coming back, but they've just been looking for Goddard so much. Mm. It's fascinating how much they've used him, and they use him a little bit downfield. But, you know, and especially after listening to you, I'd say Kelsey, Ertz, then Doyle, and I'll probably have more Doyle than anybody else this week. Um just because it opens it up for him. There's no more Ebron. You still have, and they run completely different routes, but Hilton's still messed up a little bit. There's a lot going on there. Um, so I, I would not be surprised to see Doyle get six targets this week. Maybe even a little bit more. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So, um, and there was a good article from the Indy Star that I was reading. Like, how are they going to, how are they going to do it? How are they going to replace him? How do they, how do you get by him? And, um, who is the kid? Gosh, they had just brought a kid up from the from the practice squad, of course. Um, and they said, "Oh, you know, maybe they'll use him a little bit." Just, just, just go with Doyle. 
Don't yeah. get cute there. Ebron's gone. Doyle's been there for a long time. Ross Travis, that's his name. Okay. Ross, settle down on Ross Travis, okay? <laughs> they're build him up in Indy. Mo Alley Cox, Ross Travis, just fade those guys and go with healthy. Uh, go with the healthy Jack Doyle. That's that's all you need to know. Okay. Um, we're gonna move on to the defenses. So you got the Panthers on here, and I don't care that Don Terry Poe is out now for the year. He's done. Um, just dominating defensive tackle because they're going up against Washington. The only thing that concerns me here is that Case Keenum might come in. He might yes. come back because Haskins hurt a little bit. And if Keenum starts, I can't believe I'm saying this. If Keenum starts, I'm not playing the Panthers at $4,700 <laughs> on FanDuel and 3800 on DK. What the hell has happened to this football season where I'm saying if Case Keenum starts, I'm not messing with him. But it's just that Dwayne Haskins has been a train wreck. The guy's taking selfies while the game's still going on. Yeah. He's missing a snap. He's throwing interceptions. He, he's not a good a quarterback. Maybe he will be in a few years. I don't really see it out of him. But the Panthers are taking on Washington. So you got that going for you if you like Panthers. Yeah, Haskins was was kind of um, was kind of the, the the tiebreaker here because we do have we do have three teams favored by double digits. Uh, even though Chiefs are favored by ten points, like the Raiders are, they're they're gonna run the ball and play pretty conservative. They're not gonna give you a ton of opportunities uh, for turnovers and defensive scoring. So I uh, kind of take them out of the mix, and then it kind of leaves the the Panthers and the Eagles as the teams you're gonna play up for. Um, both the the Redskins and the Dolphins rank in the bottom five in adjusted sack rate allowed. Uh, Carolina's top three in defensive adjusted sack rate, but obviously dealing with some injuries now. So again, it was just because Haskins has been so turnover prone. Um, that is the tiebreaker there if I am going to pay up. But uh, if Haskins is out, you, you can pay up for the Eagles pretty comfortably. Miami has been just about as generous as uh, the Redskins have in terms of, of allowing fantasy points to opposing defenses. So if you if you build some kind of lineup and uh, you like the way it fits with your, your pay-up defense, you don't want to shuffle things around, you could pretty easily pivot to the Eagles on uh, Sunday morning if it does look like Haskins isn't going to play. Okay, so there's one. If you want to save a little money, go down to the Chargers. Now, uh, as we sit here and tape this uh, late on Wednesday, I don't know if it's going to be Drew Locke um, who's in there. It could be. It could be Brandon Allen. So I I need to go dig. I'm going to dig into this data later on. Just, you know, how defenses, and I don't even know how sound the research would be, but how defenses uh, accumulate points against guys they haven't seen before. You know, rookies making their debuts. We've seen a couple, like Jeff Driscoll came out and still got some mm -hmm. points. But, you know, the Chargers going up against Denver. This team's a debacle, too. Their favorites, um, and if Drew Locke just does start, just remember that the organization didn't have enough confidence in him to until he could start in week 13. He had a little injury there earlier in the season. And Brandon Allen, we know what you're getting out of him. You're not getting much at all. So the Chargers make a ton of sense. Right. The, the one thing Brandon Allen um, really hasn't done, as bad as this offensive line has been and just this, this offense in general has been, he hasn't turned the ball over. He hasn't been good. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that changes uh, if Locke does it end up starting because Denver, their bottom five in uh, adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing defenses and um, bottom five in adjusted sack rate allowed as well. So uh, Brandon Allen has 
Uh, he hasn't been been good under pressure. It's probably just more of a function of him just eating the ball and taking a sack instead of taking a turnover. Um, but he hasn't been making huge mistakes. So uh, with a different quarterback in there, that could be actually a, a positive for the Chargers. But uh, they they are favorites against a team that struggles uh, to protect the quarterback. And they, they're reasonably pi- priced at 3900 on Fando, 3100 on DraftKings. So if you don't want to pay all the way up for a defense, but you also don't want to pay all the way down for like a, a Redskins or something like that, which is something that, I mean, the, with, with how tight salaries have been and how bad we've wanted to get to the Lamar Jacksons and the Christian McCaffrey's, it's, it's been a weekly discussion just to take that um, minimum price defense and just hope for three or four points. But if you're not comfortable doing that, I think Chargers are the, the happy middle ground this week between them and the, uh, the high-priced uh, big favorites. All right, so that's our core recommendations there. Also want to remind you, Sharp Angle Sports, the exclusive home for NFL selections from James Salinas. He's the most successful Super Contest winner of all time. He won the Westgate Super Contest in 2015. The next year, he finished third. And in 2018, he finished 26th. And in the last four years, picking 85 games a year, he's racked up a record of 63.3% against the spread. He's spectacular. Only one place to catch. James Salinas is NFL against the spread and over under selections every week. And that's sharpanglesports.com. Visit the site today. TJ, we got our own, uh, our own little deal going on. If you didn't already hear at the top of the show, black Friday through cyber Monday, it's a big sale. DFS subs, only $24. Don't even need a coupon. Just go and sign up. It's as simple as that. We also have the rate and review five-star swag giveaway. Is that correct? Yeah, rate and review. Uh, next week we'll, we'll we'll get back to giving away some swag. Um, just kind of on on an abbreviated schedule this week with uh, with everybody traveling and, and lots of moving parts and extra content. So uh, so we're taking a break from giving out the swag this week just because I don't know how much I'm gonna be around to to check my messages and get back to to everybody. But uh, next week uh, we'll be back to the regular schedule. We'll be back to doing theory. Be back to the hour long podcast. Um, hopefully everybody has. Uh, you're probably listening to this after Thanksgiving or at the end of your Thanksgiving, but uh, hopefully everyone has safe travels. Uh, while you guys are out doing the the rating interview on the iTunes, make sure you check out Holden's other podcast, Fantasy First, where he's covering uh, each day's fantasy football news in 10 minutes or less. And we still have episodes of Ship Chasing. Our, our guys at 444 are in the playoffs, and as long as they're in there and, and chasing that championship, they'll still be doing Ship Chasing. So make sure you check that out if you want more of us. You can find us on Twitter, Holden at Holden Radio, myself at TJ Hernandez, and of course, 444 at 444 Football. Holden, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you have a you good too, one. pal. Yeah, listeners, uh, we will talk to you guys week 14. Remember, we go through championship week. So uh, if you sign up for that um, that Black Friday sale, you still got two months of DFS coverage for just $24. So uh, happy Thanksgiving. We will talk to you guys next week.